Welcome to The Pelican Life, a new podcast from Praying Pelican Missions. When people come together to serve the local church and to be God's hands and feet in a community, beautiful things happen. And that's what this podcast is about. We want to share the stories of what God is doing through and in the church all around the world because when we live a life of service and sacrifice, that's The Pelican Life. I'm Adam Hildebrandt, the host of The Pelican Life. My wife, Carissa, has worked for PPM full-time for seven years, and for the last three summers, we've had the opportunity to spend seven or eight weeks a year with our kiddos out on the missions field. We've seen firsthand the power of God's love and the Holy Spirit moving in the local church both here at home and abroad. I'm excited to share not only our own experiences with you, but the experiences of others as well. My guest today is Laura Yock, Director of USA Ops for PPM. Laura has been around PPM since it was only operating in Belize and has had the fortune of seeing God work and grow the organization to further serve his purposes. We'll ask her about old stories and new locations on episode 17 of The Pelican Life. Back to another episode of the Pelican Life. Adam Hildebrand back with you, and we're joined by Laura Yock, who is uh, the director of U.S. operations for PPM. Uh, she is kind of newer in this specific role, but is certainly very experienced uh, in PPM and someone who uh, Carissa, my wife, has known since she started with the organization. And so uh, we're excited to have her on and, and talk about mission trips in general, but also some exciting things uh, that are coming up within uh, the U.S. base of operations for PPM also. So, Laura, first of all, thanks thanks for joining us. Thanks for the time. Uh, everyone kind of has a start in missions in general, whether that be a mission trip or a or a tug on your heart or at you know at a church camp or church service or something like that so what what about you how did you start to get involved and feel like you were called to maybe get involved in missions oh yes so back in 2005 i was a senior in high school and my youth pastor announced that they were looking to go on an international mission trip with this crazy sounding missions organization called praying pelican missions and at the time uh praying pelican only went to belize so that is where a youth group was going to go and I heard about the trip. It sounded great. You know, I think they talked about vacation Bible school in a village, but then they said that there would be snorkeling on an island at the end of the trip. And that sold me. So I feel a little embarrassed to say that <laughs> the call to missions was more a call to snorkeling, if I'm honest. But thank goodness my youth pastor still let me go on the trip um, because, of course, you know, once I was there, as many people who first go on a mission trip do, um, just felt fell in love with the community where I was serving. Um, if at the end of the trip, you told me we were not going to the island, we we're going to stay there for another day, I would have been overjoyed. Um, it was a great trip. And it was actually at the end of the trip, though, um, is when I, I, I really had um, kind of an experience that forever shaped my life, really. It was a a woman who was on the trip um, with another team and she had just graduated college and she stood up at the, the last meeting and said, I just feel like I have something I need to share with you. And she knew a lot of us were graduating that year. And she said, I just feel like God is telling me to tell you guys to know who you are and know who you are as a Christian uh, before you go to college. That's a really important thing. Um, and I don't know who needs to hear it, but I just, I felt like I needed to share it. And that completely spoke to me. Um, I was two weeks shy of, of going off to college and 
I knew that if I didn't get connected to a church um, immediately that I probably won't. I was going out of state for college. Um, and so after hearing that and really feeling like God was speaking to me through her, um, you know, I, I started off my college uh, in a much different way than I likely would have. I found a, a church to get involved with. So I would say my first missions experience really changed me, honestly. Um, more than you know, probably what I what I gave when I was there. Um, it was really a, a chance for me to uh, be transformed through through God speaking through somebody. You know, uh, both of those stories are th- are stories that people can relate with because that happens to other people on mission trips in those scenarios all the time. Sure. You've been around it for so long now, and you've been on so many tri- mission trips. Have you gotten to the point uh, where you've started to kind of see those things? in real time with other people like oh I, I recognize what might be happening here because I feel like once you've been through some of those experience uh, experiences it's it you really kind of get this blessing and this is why being you know leading mission trips is so much fun of seeing the Holy Spirit work in other people do you have you gotten to see some of that in real time completely yes especially when I'm when I'm consulting you know and I'm planning with the team ahead of time and I'm talking to the leader and they're telling me who's on their team and sometimes they'll talk about one or two students and they're almost um, you know, nervous to tell me, hey, these students are still trying to figure out where they're at in their faith life. Um, you know, We don't quite even know what to expect of them on the trip. And to me, that is so exciting to hear that they're still welcome to be part of the trip because I know what God can do on those trips. I know how when you're taken out of your day-to-day life, Um, how just open you can be to some really big life change, healthy life change. Um, And so I always love to hear when those students join the trip. And then I've gotten to see many times lives transformed on trips. Um, And usually it's from those students who don't know why they're there. They stand up and they say that at the first meeting. I don't know what I'm doing here. We'll see. And when people just kind of take that step out, not knowing what's going to happen, um, that's when some really amazing transformation happens. So it's been fun to see. Yeah, when you, when you don't have an idea, that makes it a lot of uh, a lot easier for God's ideas to to get into work. It seems like it. Sometimes we yeah. put up our own barriers to that, uh, especially yes. when we're going out in the missions field. So uh, specifically with with PPM, uh, you've been involved with them since the beginning. I mean, they were they led your first trip that you went on. And when you said I was in high school. Uh, you're not very old, but neither is PPM. So I was like, okay, that that must have been a pretty early stage PPM if they were only going to a couple of places. Uh, but at some point you had to decide you wanted to take a step from I enjoy mission trips and going on mission trips to this could be something that I could see a, a, you know, a job in and a career in. So when how did that transition happen for you? Yeah, so my first, so my freshman year of college, about halfway through the school year, I got I think it was an email and it said that I'd been recommended as an intern for Praying Pelican Missions. Um, it was by one of my youth leaders and uh, you know I had to fill out this form. Um, but then it talked about potentially going to Belize for a month or longer for the summer. Um, and I, I had a, a boyfriend back at home. He's now my husband. And that was probably my only hesitation in uh, moving forward with it. But after um, praying about it and really feeling like uh, God was calling me to take that internship. I applied and 
was hired and um, that first summer in Belize. So again, praying pelicans only in Belize at that time. And it was the first summer that they ever had interns, that they ever had uh, multiple trips happening at the same <laughs> week. And so it was really fun to be a part of that planning process. Uh, I know our spring meetings took place at a conference table in Duluth, Minnesota, with about 10 people around it. And we went trip by trip talking about what was going to happen on the trip. And you know, now it's kind of crazy to think that we'd be able to talk about all of the summer trips in just one day, but we did it. <laughs> um, and that summer I went off to Belize for four weeks. It was four different trips. Um, and I, it was, I think the second day I got to uh, be in charge of my delegation as an intern uh, to, to be in charge of the vacation Bible school. And I remember standing in a field in Belize thinking, like, what is my life right now? And I still have those moments. To this day, I have those moments with praying Pelican. But yeah, it started it started as an intern. And then um, every summer after, uh, throughout college, I continued leading trips um, as a, a seasonal staff member. And then when I graduated college is when I accepted a full-time position with praying Pelican. So uh, it hasn't been uh, you know, straight through all the way through 100% of the time, you've taken some breaks here and there, but, uh, you've been around PPM about as, you know, probably longer than anybody within the organization at this point. Uh, how mind blowing is it to, to be able to look back on those times, 10 people around a conference table, literally going through week by week, uh, and trip by trip to what we have now, where you've got 40 to 50 people at meetings and you have to split into domestic and international and even their splits from there. Like that's gotta be to, to be able to look at God's providence and how he's guided this organization across that. That has to be in, like pretty incredible. Yeah. I feel like I got a really neat seat at the table, right. To be able to see it from the very beginning to now, but also it's pretty shocking to think about how, you know, as much as we were invested in Belize and talking through that at the very initial stages, you still get the same care and attention for each one of our locations when we split up into our smaller groups. And, you know, you have Team Carolinas talking about what's happening in, in North Carolina, and you have the Appalachia team and the Dominican Republic team. You know, now it's just kind of filtered out, um, but still, still that same hanging out around the table, planning with the spring and summer. Now it's not just, you know, a season. Now it's more or less year round. Right. Um, so it is very mind blowing though to, I usually at every spring conference take a step back and think about that very first one. And I'm just amazed at what God has done to bring it from there to here. And knowing that it's not done, there's still a whole lot more that God has in store for us. So I can't even imagine, you know, what the next 15 years are going to bring. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned your boyfriend at the time, now husband, Travis, who I can relate to a lot uh, because we both have wives who are in this uh, organization and have, have done kind of crazy things and gone off for mm -hmm. extended periods of time. Um, it's, it is difficult in a lot of ways having a family and, and working for a missions organization, uh, but there are also some serious blessings that come along with that. So how has this journey for you in missions affected uh, y'all as a family and your family life? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I, Travis knew when, you know, we were dating and when he proposed to me, like he knew this was something that I was going to be in for kind of the long haul. Right. And so 
something really neat looking back. I'm very fortunate and blessed that he decided to do this. But uh, after he graduated from college and before he started uh, his, his career as an engineer, um, he actually took six weeks to go down to Belize. And we were only on one trip that overlapped, uh, but he really wanted to see, you know, what was this thing that his wife would take off and be part of every summer. And, um, but he just really wanted, he knew it'd be part of our family going forward. And um, he just wanted to have that experience. And, you know, luckily God has really um, led him to, to support me in this. And um, for our family now, we have four kids, uh, their ages six, five, three, and one. Um, and now it's something that we get to be involved in as a family, because even when I'm the one going, uh, I couldn't do it without their support. And so by supporting me and allowing me to be able to go, um, you know, they get to be involved in the mission and they get to hear about all the stories and um, see the photos and they have got to join me on mission trips. We spent the summer of 2018 in Alaska as a family leading trips. Um, and, it, you know, my kids, they were even younger at the time, but they still talk about their time in Alaska and how much they love the missions teams. And it's, it's already made a difference in their life. And I'm excited for them to join even more trips with me. Yeah, uh, we have kids. Our four kids are, are all of similar age. And in fact, if I remember correctly, uh, you and Krissa were both pregnant in Costa Rica when she did her essentially internship. She was out of college, but spent six weeks in Costa Rica uh, with you. And so uh, it's to watch them grow has been cool enough already uh, in, in the mm -hmm. missions field. But then we still have another, you know, 12 years before one of them graduates to see how that continues to develop. And so I'm right. sure you guys are just as excited as we are to see that continued development. Uh, I mentioned earlier you, you haven't worked for PPM straight through. There's been a couple of breaks in there. Uh, but so what what keeps you coming back to the organizations and, and, and to working in missions? Yeah. So during that time, you know, as I had uh, babies number three and four, I did uh, cut down on hours. Actually, throughout all of these years, there's only been four months where I have not been employed by praying public commissions. So I really, I changed what I was doing and what my role was. Um, but that has actually that's even been fun. You know, when I got to take the consulting lead, I just loved seeing how the details all came together to plan a mission trip. When I was booking flights for our staff, which I did for a season um, when I had baby number three, um, that was neat because I got to see where our staff was going. I'd go to book a flight for somebody to El Salvador and say, hey, what are you even doing in El Salvador? And get to hear all about what that trip was going to be like. So um, even as the role has changed, I've, I've loved every single role I've gotten to do at Praying Pelican. I've loved um, the different staff members I've gotten to work with, um, the different locations I've got to be involved with, whether it was Belize or Costa Rica, now here in the U.S. Uh, it's just been neat every step of the way, and I'm excited, though. I'm very excited to be back full-time. This is a neat time in life where, you know, my kids are past that newborn phase, and I get to uh, be back at it more full-time. So back full-time and, and full-time as director of USA Ops, uh, and we – got to see you guys as, and your family in Minnesota a few weeks ago, actually, and, and you were talking about trying to get to uh, as many U.S. locations as you could because there are some you haven't been to. So, Ed, why is that important to you as, as you jump into this new role? Yeah. You know, in the U.S., so I've been to 49 out of the 50 states, 
I'm still waiting to get to Hawaii, but uh, just in my travel uh, alone, I've gotten to see a lot of the U.S. and the culture in our states, they're so different from one to another. Like I wouldn't have thought that, that they could be as different as they are. And so just having the chance to go and spend an extended period of time uh, in each of our locations is really important to really understand uh, what the ministry looks like. It's never one size fits all, even within a location. You know, you might have differences depending on what part of Chicago you're in. Um, and so, you know, definitely just getting to uh, to be immersed in that, um, I think, is, is very important. And uh, yeah, I'm working my way through all of our U.S. locations right now. Uh, one of the locations that is is springing up due to current circumstances is South, Southwest Louisiana, the Lake Charles area. You were mm -hmm. on the trip with Jim and Krissa immediately after Hurricane Laura went through. So what was that experience like for you to go down and, and see that area? Yeah, I've never been to, uh, you know, a location where a natural disaster had just hit. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect going into it. Um, you know, and as you, as you're driving in, it starts pretty immediately with the, the trees down and you see the houses and you know what every house represents. It's a family, it's, you know, hopes and dreams. And, um, so you're thinking about that, but then at the same time, you're also seeing a food truck drive up and hand out 400 turkey legs, or you're seeing, you know, people who it's not normally their job to, you know, to help find out what the needs of the local um, community members are. And yet they're spending day in, day out uh, to figure those out. So even though you see so much devastation, you also really get to see the hope and you get to see um, God's providence in providing for his people through people. And uh, so it, there's, there's so much good to see at the same time too, right? And you know, it's going to be a long haul, but you also know uh, that they're going to be in it together. And uh, to be able to see that firsthand, especially a week out from the hurricane, it was something that, yeah, I'll really, I'll really keep with me. Yeah, there's, there's something uh, very different about when you get into a situation like that where, uh, you know, the human aspect of people coming together to help each other is already a big deal. Uh, but when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in that as well, it, it seems to take things to another level. You guys were able to bring some donations over from other partners uh, over in the Houston area that had been through uh, hurricane themselves a couple of years before, but how, how much uh, was it just like everywhere you guys turned, you, you found another way that, that people were coming together and the Holy Spirit was moving. Oh, yeah. I mean, you drive through the streets and you just hear the, the stories. And, um, you know, it started off when we were in Houston. So that's where we went first was to Houston to get these supplies. And first you hear their stories of how much uh, they were impacted, how much God provided for them during a time when they didn't have much, when their homes were flooded, you know. So you start off hearing that and see how through that experience, as they put out the call for donations, what we were expecting was a truckload of donations <laughs> turned into a U-Haul load of donations. And, and then it just snowballs on itself. And, um, you know, I remember pulling up to a church and, in De Quincey, uh, right outside of Lake Charles. And they said something about like, you wouldn't happen to have a generator in the back of that U-Haul, would you? And it, sure enough, we had a generator mm -hmm. in there and we were able to leave it there. So. Um, 
it, it just everywhere you looked, there was something uh, that God was up to. And uh, to even be able to have a glimpse of that was a very humbling experience. Yeah, that, that glimpse so often comes in kind of this, this bird's eye view look, which I feel like is such a blessing when you get to work in the missions field, and uh, especially as you get older and more experienced. And with me, uh, I'm fortunate enough, at, I mean, you know Carissa, she kind of has this umbrella overlook of everything if she's on a job. And uh, I'm not as smart as she is, but she shares that knowledge with me. And so I get to see some mm -hmm. of uh, just some of the ways that God is working that maybe wasn't planned or this need needed to be filled. And and it showed up uh, because of God's providence. And so when you get that that kind of bird's eye view, uh, you just get to experience so much. And, and it's a serious blessing. Um, in addition to Lake Charles, we have some other new locations not necessarily impacted by uh, natural disasters, thank goodness, uh, that will be opening up in the U.S. as well. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, well, honestly, the reason that we're going to a lot of these locations is because of your wife, Carissa. She had the idea, the thought, um, as we know that in this upcoming year, there might be more and more people who are looking to drive to a location rather than fly. She said, you know, I'm looking around my hometown, Tulsa, and thinking that this would be a great spot for mission trips, um, that there's lots of churches that are already involved in the community and teams could uh, meet them where they're at and have a, a week-long mission trip and it could be a really neat thing. And that got me thinking, where else do our staff live where they would want to host mission teams and have missions teams come to them? Um, and so because of that, we are launching Tulsa we are launching Jackson, Mississippi, um, Southern California, SoCal. And then uh, one that's a little bit different. We don't have staff that lives right there, but we do have a number of teams who have served with us in the past uh, that have reached out to us about opening this up as a location. And that is Washington, D.C. So we have um, churches that are already excited to host teams in every one of those locations. Uh, we have some teams already signed up for them in the upcoming year, but there is a lot of spots still on our calendar, and uh, we're excited to see what God has in store for those locations. And what that means is essentially, especially if you're east of the Mississippi, there is a location within probably a six-hour drive of you, almost no matter where you live, uh, and exactly. now some extra spots west of the Mississippi as well. So there's there's plenty of places to go and serve, and as we talked about earlier, uh, each of those is, is going to be unique uh, to, to the needs of that area uh, when you range from D.C. to uh, Memphis and Chicago to uh, right here in Tulsa, where I know uh, the goal is to have uh, some racial reconciliation work potentially tied in with that because next year is the 100 year anniversary uh, of the Tulsa race massacre. So there's there's a lot going on, a lot of new development, a lot of uh, PPM staffers are uh, excited about this and energized and working hard because not only is it, uh, you know, places that you know mission trips are going to happen which was not as prevalent this summer but for a lot of us it's it's happening in our hometowns and in our backyards and uh that that certainly means something as as you go uh into a new season here um so that's kind of most of the things that i had anticipating cover anticipated covering with you i think um as we look ahead as you look ahead to the next oh month or two, I guess, leading up to what would in theory be winter meetings here. What are some things that are uh, kind of priorities for you? Because I know it, the ball is, is really already getting rolling towards uh, trips next summer and, and the coming spring and in some cases in Louisiana in the coming weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we, in the next two months, uh, we are looking at some leaders trips. Uh, we know right now that group leaders from churches who want to go on a mission trip, they want to bring their church on a mission trip, they might not know how it will look during this season of COVID, right? You know, and wearing masks and all of that might have questions. So we are having a trip in Alaska at the end of September. So just a few weeks here um, where leaders will be able to join us. They will be able to see what our protocol uh, is that is in place for teams that come and serve with us. Um, we do have a pretty uh, great protocol that we feel very comfortable with and has been in practice already as we've led trips uh, here in the US. So we're gonna have a bunch of leaders up in Alaska um, I might be heading out to Appalachia, uh, but then the next two months is really talking with teams that are excited to serve, uh, who might say, hey, I'm ready, but I don't know where we should go. And that is my favorite conversation to have because <laughs> I just get to hear about um, what their team is like. And we get to talk about all of our locations and talk about what might be a really great fit for them. Um, and then, you know, just for USA as a whole, uh, Every, all of our ops leaders um, in the USA are just such great people to work with. And the thing that I love about them, about their heart, about the heart of so many people at Praying Pelican is uh, the not wanting to fit everything in a nice, neat box, right? Like they want room for the Holy Spirit. They want room um, to really be led by God in what we should do. And they just hold everything with an open hand. So the fall is our season to evaluate what processes we have in place, the partners that we have, where we can grow and go from here. And so that is what a lot of my fall um, will look like as we evaluate that. That's Laura Yock, Director of USA Operations for PPM. Laura, thanks for the time. Let me say a quick prayer before we get out of here. Uh, God, we just thank you for this time together today to talk about what you're doing uh, here within our borders, within uh, the USA, uh, the the way you're moving, not only uh, in Southwest Louisiana uh, with trying to meet needs that are that are taking place there, but uh, also all uh, across the United States, whether it be in Minneapolis or San Francisco or Miami or Appalachia. Uh, we know there's a lot going on. There's a lot of need, uh, and we know you hear those calls for need, God. So uh, we just pray that you continue to uh, allow us to play our small part in, in getting those needs met, uh, continue to guide Laura as she uh, helps kind of pave the way and, and set the outline for missions uh, through PPM here in the U.S. over the uh, coming years here. And just thank you for your providence and your leadership as we go out into the world uh, to try to spread your light. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on The Pelican Life. If you have a story you'd like to share about your experience on a PPM trip, we'd love to hear from you. Email pelicanlife at ppm.org to submit yourself or other guests for the show. We'd love it if you'd give us a like, a follow, or a positive rating wherever you may be listening to this podcast. And we'd also like to invite you to visit our website, ppm.org. There you can find all sorts of information about PPM's mission, our partners, and even the latest news on how current events are affecting Praying Pelican missions. Finally, if you believe in PPM and our mission, we humbly ask that you consider donating to our cause. You can donate to anything from helping us bridge the gap during the COVID-19 crisis to supporting certain locations or even missionaries you may know personally. Just visit ppm.org donate. Until we meet again, remember, God loves you now and always. 
Goodbye for now, and keep living the Pelican life.